Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode four of 2020 Psych Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father, and I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a psychiatrist, and it's truly my pleasure to be with you today. So today we're going to talk about something that is coming up, I would say. Um, Very relevant. A lot of people are... I've been seen on Twitter. um, A lot of people are concerned about the time change and it getting darker um, and the days being shorter. And so I thought it'd be a great time to address seasonal affective disorder, otherwise known as SAD. So, Dad, what is seasonal affective disorder uh, or otherwise known as seasonal depression? What is that? How common is it? How often do you see it? So, seasonal affective disorder is defined as a depressive episode that occurs in the winter months where there is decrease in light. so this affects many people throughout the world, especially in the northern hemispheres, uh, and particularly in areas that are colder. So it's something that is real, that uh, seems to affect uh, the moods of people that are deprived from light. So it's uh, in some ways otherwise very similar to a major depressive disorder. It's just that it occurs in... Uh, the time where there's less sunshine, uh, which is typically, of course, in the winter months. Uh, so I was doing some research and I read online, uh, just a quick Google search, that approximately half a million people in the United States suffer from winter seasonal depression, um, while 10 to 20% may suffer from a more mild form. How would you say that's accurate, inaccurate? I think that those numbers sound about right. Uh, and again, they typically occur in uh, areas of the country that are colder uh, than in other, uh, than say the Southwest. So one of the most common questions that came up on the Google search bar when I was in regards to seasonal depression was, can you have both seasonal depression and major depressive disorder? Yes, you certainly can. Uh, if if you if uh, you suffer from a major depressive disorder, uh, your the chances of you having an episode in the winter are are going to be higher than if if you didn't suffer from a major depressive disorder. Absolutely. So, what does it look like exactly? Can you talk about maybe some of the symptoms that are most common that occur, and maybe what what's overlooked that people might have sad and they don't even realize it but then they have the common symptoms well the presentation is very similar to a major depressive disorder where people will suffer from physical symptoms such as insomnia uh, difficulty sleeping a decrease in their appetite losing weight they become withdrawn with less energy they lose interest in things and they have feelings of guilt and worthlessness and uh, they feel restless and agitated at times, and it can also even have uh, suicidal thoughts. Can we talk about someone 
I'm not sure how common this is and maybe you can give some insight about people that live with high functioning depression that are able to cope pretty pretty well with the everyday but or seemingly to like other people but on the inside are going through something completely different well major depressive disorders affect all socioeconomic statuses uh, whether you're so-called low functioning or high functioning uh, it's uh, a syndrome that can affect anyone irregardless of uh, once again uh, their their financial income uh, and the symptoms and the presentations are the same uh, as is the, the rate of uh, suicide so it definitely affects all uh, socioeconomic groups uh, this the presentations are very similar one thing that comes to mind in this conversation is something that uh, you pointed out to me in the paper recently was the increase in suicide rates. And I it kind of ties into um, our conversation about COVID and, think you know, quarantine, being stuck inside the house. Like, do you think this year in particular, because of the presence of COVID in the country, do you think we're going to see an increase in the numbers of both COVID and seasonal depression and even potentially suicide? I think that the pandemic has definitely made depression worse in the, because people are isolating and that's a risk factor for depression in and of itself because we're forced to lockdown or to quarantine or to social distance, physically distance, it will mean that people have less opportunity to network and socialize with others. So I do see this uh, being a, a possible risk factor for depression as well as for suicide, definitely. Yeah, I think we could talk more about that because one of the questions that I was going to ask you later down the line um just was in regards to like COVID and how poorly handled it was by the Trump administration and do you feel like the Trump administration has set up the American people for failure in the this coming winter because that's what it kind of looks like right now well I think the CDC has been very clear with its guidelines I do feel that if we follow those guidelines which include among other things um, working remotely, uh, if possible, uh, learning from home or remotely if possible. If we follow their protocols of physically distancing and using some common sense approaches, um, I, I think that we will be as well protected as we can from the virus. Uh, however, there are there have been some mixed messages coming from politicians. However, if we fall, if we follow what the medical experts say, there shouldn't be any confusion because there is not really much a debate uh, in regards to uh, the preventive measures that the health experts are telling us about. Again, it can be there's some other political issues going on. But when you speak to or you hear uh, from uh, the experts in the medical field, uh, there is not much of a debate or controversy as to how we can protect ourselves from the virus. So with this winter, you know, seasonal depression and COVID are going to be present both at the same time. Um, 
how should someone prepare if maybe, you know, last week we talked about self-awareness um, and if you're someone that knows, you know, how your mood is pretty much most of the time and like can kind of catch those red flags and you know that during this time of year you fall into a depressive episode, how should you be preparing at home knowing that you have to be inside quarantining because of COVID? Well, I, I would think that you would want to try to reach out to others through social media maybe, try to engage in healthy behaviors such as meditation, physical exercise, healthy eating behaviors. Uh, those are the things that we should emphasize in this, in this trying time uh, to develop a positive coping skills to avoid drugs and alcohol, which in and of themselves, they can cause depression. So I think you want to promote a healthy lifestyle. I think that if you uh, reach out to your friends and family or your support network, any which way you can, that that'll be helpful in, in getting through this. You don't have to be alone. And as we've pointed out before, there's also a virtual therapy that takes place, mental health therapy that can occur if you reach out to the professionals. Yeah, I think, you know, there's it's something that I've been wanting to um, bring up and emphasize is like the acknowledgement of lack of resources in the mental health field for the everyday person. Um, so I think, you know, what you brought up about meditating, I would say like exercise as well, and maybe reading a book that you've been meaning to read, you know, trying to pick up on those feel good habits that get your endorphins pumping and flowing through your body and also calm you um, are really important. So I was doing some research on Twitter to see just like the hashtag, just searching through hashtags just to see what people were saying about depression in general and also seasonal depression. And I just wanted to see what was out there on the internet. And I wanted to see if you agree. So a little self-care um, photo I found that gave a list of tips. And I'm just going to read them to you and then we'll hear your thoughts. Um, it says, know the symptoms. Prepare ahead before you struggle. Get outside for sunshine. Exercise. Plan activities you enjoy. Light your favorite candle. Do something every day that relaxes you. Speak with a medical professional if sad persists. Well, I agree. Those seem like helpful tips. There's actually light therapy that can be used uh, during uh, the winter months when uh, it gets, the days get shorter uh, and the nights get longer. So you can actually use a certain uh, amount of photons or lumens that'll help you uh, get navigate your way through this. And as you point out, awareness, self-awareness. If you find yourself drifting into a deep depression where you're ruminating, where you're feeling worthless, guilty, where you're feeling very stressed out, where you've, 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 you're losing interest in, in things that you like doing, uh, you have to self-monitor and you have to reach out when that happens that you're recognizing that you're falling into a deep depression. If you suffer from one before, you can you should be able to recognize the symptoms. And 
if this if you find this occurring it's important for you to reach out to your doctor and and, and get maybe get going back on your on your on treatments that have helped you before to get your get your way out of a depressive episode yeah i can talk from personal experience um when i was diagnosed with depression i remember that time of my life very clearly because you know i've grown up a pretty happy kid happy girl happy person always very upbeat and suddenly when that time of my life came it was very you know i think it was gradual but then all of a sudden it wasn't gradual when i was like hit with all of these thoughts all of these thoughts that weren't me that these behavioral patterns that never were me sleeping in all day staying in bed all day and and it's interesting when i look back at it now because at the time when i was diagnosed with depression i was in school full time taking on i think 18 units and it was kind of insane how i was dealing with a major depressive disorder while still in school but it was because of that self-monitoring and self-awareness that I was able to wake up and realize oh my gosh there's something wrong with me because this isn't this isn't me so I I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's important to just check in with yourself and know yourself and ask yourself the hard questions of like is am I okay is this what I usually do is this who I am is this what I stand for you know what, I think this is a good time for our audience to know what a major depressive disorder really is. Uh, I want to elucidate on this a little bit. And a major depressive disorder is a constellation of symptoms, of feelings, which are very incapacitating, that can be overwhelming to the point where people want to commit suicide. And 10 to 15% of patients that suffer from disorder actually do commit suicide. So this is not a trivial disease. It's a, it's an illness that is, in my opinion, as deadly as cancer. It will take away your hope, your feelings of uh, worth, of self-worth. It'll make you uh, have less energy. It'll take your sleep away. It'll take your appetite away. It'll take the pleasure and life away entirely. And it's some experts call it an illness of, par uh, of paradoxes where uh, a rich man thinks he's poor, a beautiful woman thinks he's, uh, she's ugly, uh, a genius thinks he's dumb. So it really, really takes the, the life out of you, literally. So if you find yourself having difficulties, concentrating, focusing, lo losing interest in things, um, not wanting to go on any further, uh, that's a sign that you, you're suffering from a, a, a serious depression and you need to get help. And what you don't want to do is start drinking alcohol or using drugs to pull yourself out of it because all drugs and alcohol as an adverse effect can cause depression. So if you're already, already feeling depressed, that's the last thing you want to do is that it would be like adding fuel to a fire. It's only going to make it worse. So you need to reach out emergently and get the help because this is a deadly illness. It really is. Yeah, I can speak on, um, you said like no drugs, no alcohol. I think one of the major things that really saved my, my life when I fell into this depression was that I was at home my freshman year of college. And I was able, you know, I was with my family. And I feel like, you know, 
if you know kids go off to college for the first time they're away from parents from friends from lifelong relationships and it's I don't want to say it's necessarily a party for everyone because that's definitely not the case but some kids can easily fall into you know drinking habits poor sleeping schedules things like that um so I think it's I agree with you about staying away from those substances let me add further um not not only are drugs and alcohol depressogenics uh, but they can also disinhibit you so if you're feeling depressed and lonely and down and suicidal these drugs and alcohol as we all know are disinhibiting so it may keep it may let you or allow you to do something that you wouldn't do if you were sober such as killing yourself so drugs and alcohol because they're so disinhibiting they increase your chance of suicide or homicide for that matter so it's you definitely want to stay away from uh, drugs of abuse because they will worsen your condition not make them any better initially Drugs and alcohol can have an anti-anxiety effect. It can calm your settle your nerves a little bit, but soon afterwards, the the depressive side effects of drugs and alcohol will set in and make that depression even worse. So again, I can't overemphasize how important it is to stay away from uh, substance abuse or drug abuse or misuse because it'll worsen your condition. It will not make it better. We're talking a lot about depression and take how serious it is and how certain substances can you know increase the symptoms um i want to move the conversation to also kids you know kids are at home right now too and can kids suffer from depression children and adolescents can definitely suffer from depression and unfortunately those teenagers that develop depression have a worse outcome than adults who develop a depression. So it's it's very serious in in kids, in teenagers in particularly. So yes, all ages can suffer from depression, from little children to the very old as well. So age is not a barrier to depression. Anyone of any age can uh, suffer from depression. How often and how like how often is that caught though depression in kids and is it taken as I would it'd be interesting to know like do adults take um, adolescent depression as seriously as they do? Well, the presentations can be different for different age groups, but one of the common symptoms is anxiety, is stress, tension, irritability, um, and sometimes. In children, it'll present as a conduct disorder, a disruptive disorder behavior where the kids are misbehaving when in actual in actuality, they're, when you look into it, when you evaluate, when you interview, you find out that they're, they're clinically depressed and the anxiety, the tension, the irritability, the disruptive behavior is really a symptom of depression. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. We're sitting here having this conversation right now and... I just think about like when I was in school 
and then just little kids in general like there's always that one kid in class that is the disruptor that's always causing some kind of trouble the teacher's always you know getting on him him or her and it makes me wonder like how many times is that kid going through high stress at home well, the child could be going through high stress or it could be one of 10 kids that's suffering from attention deficit disorder as well, which can, de can demonstrate itself as the kid is being really disruptive uh, because sometimes when kids that suffer from uh, attention deficit disorder would rather come across as misbehave than stupid because they're having a hard time learning. But it's not because they're IQ challenged or anything, but it's because they can't pay attention to what's being said in class so it's, it's not that they're intellectually uh, challenged no it's just that they can't focus but they don't want to come across as dumb to their peers so they rather come across as misbehaved so that might be uh, the case of that of that one out of ten kids that, that acts in a disruptive manner too I want to keep on the topic of kids and how you know kids have recently gone back to school both elementary through college and we've seen a huge resurgence in COVID cases. I don't know what state it was, um, but I, it was probably Florida. It was like 9,000 kids have to quarantine now after reopening schools. Um, so I, I think this is an indicator that if the start of school is any indicator of how the rest of the year is going to go, I think we're not going to see the conventional Thanksgiving. We're not going to have a Halloween. A, you know, a regular go door to door, big groups, traveling, walking together around neighborhoods. And we're probably not going to have a normal Christmas or a normal New Year's. Um, how should families, how should people gear up for this rest of this year? First and foremost, I feel people should try to keep themselves safe, follow the CDC guidelines with the physical distancing. That's going to be critical in getting through this in addition to that, though, I think that it's a time where we should be traditionally the holidays are associated with festivities, having a good time, getting together with friends and relatives. And while we, we may not be able to get together in the traditional forms, but we can still reach out to our fa our friends and family and just be in touch with them, uh, whichever which way we can. Uh, but we don't want to overindulge either with, again, we have to. We should uh, abstain from drugs and alcohol if you're feeling depressed, uh, and you want to uh, celebrate the season for what it is, um, but without uh, indulging, without resorting to uh, excessive use of drugs and alcohol. Um, so I, I do think it's time for us to exercise caution uh, with uh, with the virus, but also. Uh, trying to reach out and to our friends and family, our support systems, and try to keep our emotional ties, even though we may not be able to meet with our, our loved ones uh, uh, in person. Yeah, I want to emphasize that I know these are really weird times. These are, no one has experienced this in over 100 years. It's a weird time, and everyone is coping differently. Um, but I encourage you, my father encourages you to try to do it as healthy as you can and as gentle and as nice on your body as you can because your body is the only one you have and we have to take care of it. 
And I know, like I said, these times are hard, but you're the only one that's the gatekeeper to your health, and health is wealth. And just keep pushing, keep waking up every day, keep getting out of bed, and keep just doing what you can, because that's all you can do right now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 2020 Psych. We appreciate you listening every week, and we hope you have a great day wherever you are.